0: you're listening to the you mentor talk show i'm your host fatima al-sayed and this week's show is brought to you by nimbus router on this weekly talk show we invite an expert to learn from their career journey as professionals in their field every week so tune in at 3 p.m eastern standard time to hear the advice of these professionals every saturday and remember if you have any questions for the panelists you can always leave it in the comments section and we'll get to it by the end of the show Today's guest is Amin Asir. After investing into billion-dollar companies, Amin made an, an epic change. He started writing children's books and created Noor Kids, one of the world's most prominent organizations focused on Muslim children. Alaikum, Amin. How are you?
1: Asalaikum, Alhamdulillah. I'm very good. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: The pleasure is all mine
0: um let's talk a bit about how you started into your career before getting into your kids uh you didn't necessarily think of going into uh starting a children's program or anything like that when you were still in university so can you tell us how you started
1: sure so um let me just share a little bit about my background first so sure. you know I grew up in Minneapolis Minnesota um and I actually went to the University of Minnesota and I did a triple major, so i did finance marketing and operations so um a bunch of business um and i used that and i you know got involved with a bunch of fortune 500 companies based in minnesota fun fact that a lot of people don't know minnesota has more fortune 500 companies per capita than any other state so alhamdulillah our business environment is thriving so i worked mm-hmm. with 3m with target corporation with cargill and general mills and so Um, My final role with General Mills was um, what's called mergers and acquisitions and corporate Mm -hmm. venture capital. So what that basically means, Fatima, is um, I would be involved in the buying and selling of businesses Mm -hmm. um, and also investing into emerging uh, food brands. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, You know, General Mills, um, while I was part of the team, um, you know, we purchased a company called Lara Bar, which is like, um, you know, it's like a... Uh, an energy bar that's focused mm-hmm. on dates. Um, there's a chip company called like Food Should Taste Good. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ones that hit the news recently is called Beyond Meat. So it's like a meat substitute. Yeah. Um, we had actually, and, you know, it was a key part of the team that made the decision to invest into it. At that time, the company was, you know, worth like very little. And uh, about a month ago, it just went public for like $3 billion. Wow. And so, um, alhamdulillah, it was a really, really um, exciting experience, mm-hmm. um, but things changed. Um, and it changed um, actually when my brother was in business school. So my brother who's older than me, Muhammad was in business school at Harvard University and as a part of their business school program, um, you have to solve a problem that you're passionate about. And so, you know, my brother and I were discussing we're like, what is a problem that we're passionate about? And mm-hmm. Um, You know, this was in 2012, uh, and there was a masjid being born, uh, being created in New York City, and they called it like the Ground Zero Masjid, and there was so much like uproar about it. Um, And then at about the same time, uh, my sister had a baby. And so we thought to ourselves, look, we had a really challenging uh, experience growing up as Muslim kids. In the Western society. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so what about this next generation? How are they gonna be confident in their identity? And so that was the problem that we were passionate about. How do we help Muslim kids build confidence in their identity? Um, So we ended up, um, you know, doing a bunch of research, working with a host of the um, professors at Harvard. Mm -hmm. We came up with this idea, we pitched it, and out of like 88 different, you know, Harvard Business School entrants, uh, Alhamdulillah, we actually won. Like Harvard said, look, this is a really great idea. And they gave us uh, an initial like grant of like Mm -hmm. $10,000. To launch it. Yeah, to launch Mm -hmm. it. Um, And that's how we started.
0: That's amazing. And it's so um, it's so amazing to hear that something that is based deeply in the roots of faith um, is the thing that was brought to the top.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I think, um, and a part of it has to do with you know per- perhaps my parents, right? My mom, mm-hmm. um, my mom used to always tell me this story. She would, um, you know, uh, when Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ was. Uh, Uh, You know, there was a time that came when he, you know, destroyed these idols, and as a result Mm -hmm. of it, he was thrown into this fire. And so uh, there is a story that uh, says, you know, there were little birds that were watching, and these little birds would take a little bit of a beak full of water and pour it over the fire. Mm -hmm. And the other birds would make fun of this one and say, you know... You're just putting that going to (laughs) help. Yeah. How is that going to help? And the little bird replies by saying, look, my job isn't to put out the fire. My job is to do whatever is within my capability to help. And then my Mm -hmm. mom would add to it. And she'd say, "Now, I mean, imagine there was an elephant. An elephant wouldn't put a beak's worth of water. An elephant would have to put an entire trunk's worth Mm -hmm. of water on this fire and so um it's this idea of with great power comes great responsibility yes and um you know if if we don't help solve this problem who's gonna do it
0: exactly and transferring from having such um a long business background uh how did that aid in launching this
1: um like a ton um so, look, I, um, when I did my undergrad, I did a triple major. I did finance, marketing, and operations. Mm-hmm. And I also worked for like four or five years before we ended up, you know, working on this full time. Mm-hmm. And what that ended up meaning was, um, you know, I knew enough about every area of the business such that we could be dangerous, right? So, you know, with respect to finance you know, we've developed a model, it's a subscription model. And so the benefit of that is, look, we raised $10,000 when we started, uh, sorry, as a grant, Mm -hmm. but alhamdulillah, um, you know, we are so lean that we've never had to raise any additional money. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, with respect to operations, you know, we've created a process within which every single month we're producing a, you know, one of the highest quality sources of Islamic education in the world, Uh, every single month. Um, You know, with respect to um, marketing, um, you know, we've been able to connect with nearly 250,000 Muslim families across 25 countries who now benefit from our work. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's because of those previous experiences that um, I had, uh, or that I was blessed with, that we were able to, um, you know, marry that in with your kids. I'll give you one more example. So, Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I was at General Mills, uh, which again is a food company, um, you know, if you were to ask parents, like, look, what would you want in your child's cereal? Um, a mom or dad would say, well, I want 100% fiber and 100% vitamin C and 100%, you know, vitamin A and zero calories. And guess what? That cereal would taste terrible. A child would take one bite and they would never eat it again. Um, there needs to be a appropriate amount of sugar um, mm-hmm. to keep kids coming back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we look at, um, you know, this work that we're doing with respect to Islamic education, again, very similar, right? So many works that are being created are being done from that method of like a parent or a scholar saying, well, I want 100% fiber and 100% C, mm-hmm. zero calories. Well, guess what? Um a child's likely not going to build a strong affinity with that resource be mm-hmm. uh, it has to be kid tested you know mother approved um, exactly. and so mm-hmm. those were you know some of the um very practical things I was able to I think take away from the previous experiences
0: mm-hmm. What made you take that step to you know? after graduating, you have so many opportunities at your hand, and you're fresh out of college, you can get into basically anywhere you want. Uh, what made you leave all that behind and start
1: your Kids? Um, great question. Um, so, you know, when I shared earlier, um, we started Newark Kids, right? And that was like mm-hmm. six, seven years ago. And you know, for a very long time, NOR Kids was a passion project. When I say passion project, I mean, in the same way that people volunteer at their like weekend Islamic school, this mm-hmm. was our voluntary effort. Mm-hmm. And so in 2014, um, my wife and I both did our master's programs in Berkeley. So I did my MBA and she did her master's in education. Mm-hmm. And While we were in the middle of that program, um, my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was a really transformational moment for me because if you can appreciate, um, you know, when you finish a graduate school program, there are, mashallah, like, you know, a whole host of opportunities. And so the question was, you know, what should we do when we graduate? Um, And what we did decide uh, in October of 2016 when we graduated, that's when we actually decided to pursue NORA kids full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And alhamdulillah, you know, in the time since, uh, we now have a team of about 20 people. Our work is in 250,000 homes. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, Nur Kids today represents, you know, one of the highest quality sources of Islamic education in the world. But, mm-hmm. um, look, there's still a super, a, a super, 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 super long way to go. Yeah. And um, that decision to work on Nur Kids full time after I finished the MBA was super challenging.
0: And you could never have known that it would be successful.
1: no. No. And I think, so I'll tell you, um, when I was in my MBA program, um, I was blessed with a number of mentors. And one of them was a guy named Rob Chandra. You can look him up. Rob Chandra is on the Mm -hmm. Forbes Midas list. The Midas list are like the 100 most, um, I don't think it's powerful, but the most um, successful venture Mm -hmm. capitalists in the world. Um, and so he taught one of my courses and before I graduated, I set up time with him and I said, Hey, look, man, um, I'm going to do newer kids full time. And, um, you know, he heard me out. We spent an hour Mm. listening to it. And at the end of it, he said, dude, don't do this. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? And he said, look, Amin, um, why don't you just go make a lot of money? And then once you make a lot of money, you can basically like retire and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what, I mean, what's the problem with this? Like if I were to do any startup right now in the world that we live in today, mashallah, like if you work on any startup, it's actually quite valuable because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you gain transferable skill sets that you can use in, in any, you know, area Anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, look, I mean, what I'm worried about, and I'm going to give you feedback that no one else will give you because I actually care about you. And he said, like, look, I mean, you're going to be labeled as the Muslim guy. And because you're labeled as a Muslim guy, um, you may not be able to, you know, get a job somewhere else, like hudana if something, you know, if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, like, look, I mean, I was 27 years old, maybe, um, you know, just finishing up this grad school program. I remember coming home, talking to my wife, and I said, look, Sana, I don't know if we should do this. And um, and Sana um, and my brother and my dad uh, were really the source of I think confidence that I needed. Um, mm-hmm. They helped remind me of a number of things. You know, they help remind me of the fact that number one, um, Alhamdulillah, um, you know, we, you know, after my mom passed away, you know, our our goal is not necessarily, you know, how can we make money hand over fist. The money. The question is how can we create the greatest impact that we can? And, you know, in 2016, Donald Trump is running for president. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, if not us, then who there's a serious problem to be solved. And number two, um, you know, success period doesn't come from anyone else. Success comes from God period like hard mm-hmm. stop. Like it doesn't matter. Even if you, you know, join the best company in the best situation, like success, comes from god you know in surah wakiya allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about he says look Mm -hmm. you plant the seed but do you cause it to grow like you do the work but i'm the one who causes success and so um you know i I believe that completely uh and finally you know the other thing too is that um you know uh, i will say and for you know the benefit of the listeners like Mm -hmm you know, I had this golden parachute, which was an MBA, right? So it's like, look, worst case scenario, you know, I'll knock on the door of General Mills again and say, hey, you know, give me a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I thought about it and I said, look, you know, um, let's Test do Test it that. out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what was the process in launching your kids? And can you tell us a bit about for whoever doesn't know about it yet or Uh, isn't familiar, what NoorKids is.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I should have probably shared that earlier. Um, So NorKids is an organization that seeks to um, build confidence in the identity of Muslim Mm -hmm. children. So we primarily do three things. The first thing is a subscription-based children's book series. So every month, families receive a new book delivered directly to their home. Now this is the product of research that we did at Harvard, at Berkeley, and San Francisco State mm-hmm. University related to early childhood education. We turned all of that research into this series, and alhamdulillah, um, like it's freaking awesome. So you know it follows the story of four characters: Amin, Shireen, Asad, and Amira. And those four, in the entire series, every book focuses on critical thinking, which is like you know why do we fast why do we pray why do we do what we do and mm-hmm. kids also get like a passport so every month when they get the new book they're able to like collect the badges anyways you can check it out at Noor kids um the second thing that we offer is actually for children so it's for mm-hmm. children ages zero to three and for them the question is how do we help them build a loving connection with allah and so we created a three book series um Mr. Monster's Du'a, which is the wow. idea of when I call on Allah, Allah answers me. Bismillah Superhero, mm-hmm. which is about the Barakah in Bismillah. And then Bless For My Teddy is this idea of when I give thanks, Allah gives me more. Um, and Alhamdulillah, like, man, like, Sister Fatima, I do take mm-hmm. pride of the work that we do because, um, you know, having been, having done this now for seven years, um, like, the amount of families that have been, Impacted significantly through our work is uh, enormous. And look, NorKids isn't for everyone. Um, you know, for families that are not, um, you, know, uh, if, you know, for families that don't have this as a priority around how do we, you know, help children build confidence, their identity, mm-hmm. like, you know, NorKids is not right. But, um, you know, for those families, uh, man, alhamdulillah, this is like a, um, it is an amazing solution.
0: We can actually um, pull up the website just for our listeners watching and take a look at it. Do you see it on the yeah, screen? So,
1: yeah, so, <laughs> so just like um, what you see there is first our four characters, Amin, mm-hmm. Shireen, Asad, and Amira. And, you know, one of the things that I'll share with you, right? So... Our characters are animals. And that was on purpose. When we started, what we did is we created a focus group of about 50 parents from the US and Canada. And what we discovered Mm was Muslims are not Pakistani, they are not, um, you know, Indian, they are not just. African, they're not yeah. or Malaysia or any of the above. Mm-hmm. No, they're super diverse. Mm-hmm. And one of the principles that we discovered in the research was that role models play a critical part in identity development. And if we were a, if we were to produce role models that these kids could relate to, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we picked human beings, humans have race and inevitably they, you know, they'd be kids that were left out. And so by creating animal characters, irrespective of what a child looks like, they can build a relationship with the characters. Um, and as we just kind of scroll down the website, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, like we have been blessed by getting some good, you know, press. Uh, we also have support from really prominent scholars like, you know, Sheikh Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Abdel Nasser, Jung, a lot of other people, you know, Sheikh uh, Rizwan Arastu, mm-hmm. uh, uh And what's fascinating, what's really fascinating is that, um, like, you know, like when we actually like went to some of these scholars and we're like, hey, would you be interested in like joining our advisory team? And they're like, well, hold on, it depends. And we're like, it depends on what? And they're like, well, what organization? We're like, we're newer kids. They're like, dude, are you kidding me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we have been subscribing to newer kids for years my kid actually read these by ourselves and so (laughs) alhamdulillah like it was such a blessing because um you know our work had just organically found its way into the hands of many Mm -hmm. like prominent scholars around north america
0: and you didn't need Um, to pitch it anymore
1: no no they're Mm -hmm. like no i get it yeah um so and, um, and we're just scrolling down more mm-hmm. on the screen for those that can't see. But um, so w- what we hear is, is it's called Sirat. So we, you know, um, I mentioned that, you know, we did research at Harvard, at Berkeley and San Francisco State University related to early childhood education. Now, the reality mm-hmm. is there's virtually no research that exists on Muslim children in the world of early childhood education and child psychology. There is some, mm-hmm. but very little. Um, That said, there is a host of research that exists on other communities, namely the Black, Latino, and Jewish Mm -hmm. communities. And so what we did is we looked at the research that existed on these communities, and we married it with some of the um, uh, works on Darbía or the Islamic upbringing of Mm Muslim children. And together, what we did is we devised this curriculum. So the first part of it is storytelling. It's the essence, Sarat. So the idea is, is if you're going to be teaching character, uh, which, by the way, is really important at this young age, and we'll be talking about that, you know, next in terms of Mm -hmm. the curriculum, but the best way to teach it is actually through mom and dad. But outside of mom and dad, the second best way to teach it is actually through stories or positive modeling stories, mm-hmm. where a child's able to put themselves into the shoes of the main character and decide, hey, you know, what should I do? And this is actually really fascinating because if you think about the way our holy prophet, peace and blessings be on him, taught, or even the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us through the Quran, oftentimes it is through the use of Stories like mm-hmm. stories about, well, how did the prophet react in this time, or how did prophet Musa react during this time, or the story of Ibrahim and Ismail, for example. Mm-hmm. The I in Sarath relates to identity curriculum, so it turns out. Um, first, um, you know, we focus on children ages eight and younger. Why? Well, I have no background in children's stuff, but what the research shows is, by the time a child is eight years old, a significant part of their identity has been established. So, if we can, in those first couple of years, make a impact on how they understand themselves and see themselves, that is where we get the highest return on investment. So, what should we prioritize? No, it is not teaching children how to fast or how to pray or how to give a God. No. What matters is three things. The first is character, mm-hmm. so akhlaq. The second is citizenship, or what we call hakunas, our obligation to humanity. And mm-hmm. the third is beliefs, uh, you know, our own unique values and traditions. Um, the third is role models. I talked about that already. That's the mm-hmm. R in Sarath. The A is active parenting, um, and so the single most important variable that impacts a child's understanding of who they are before the age of eight is actually their mom and dad. And dad yeah. yeah. And so that's partially why we do a you know at home subscription so that way parents can read with their kids. And actually, the mm-hmm. first page of each book is a parents' page. Um, Does
0: it work without the family?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so two things. One is um, we do work with like full-time and weekend Islamic schools, but even mm-hmm. there, the program that we've devised is one where, you know, the kids check out the book and they do uh, read the book and complete a activity with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, um, parents, like, it's like the one decision that makes 99% of like, you know, um, the future. Mm-hmm. Um Active parenting is just so critical. Um, then the final piece of Sarat is thinking critically. So for children growing up as a religious minority, it's critical that they understand why they believe in what they believe. And so each of our stories focuses on that. Well, why do we fast? Why do we pray? Mm-hmm. Why, do we do, uh, why do we do what we do? And then we also embed critical thinking into each of yeah. our stories anyway so i'm talking a lot about NurKids. it's not supposed to be but hey if you want to try it you can try it for one buck mm-hmm. 99 cents at newerkids.com check it out
0: okay um so back to what we were speaking about earlier uh what was your end goal when you were putting together newer kids and have you achieved it
1: yet no we have not achieved it um so like look um when I was a kid like I used to love playing baseball my mom she'd come she'd sit in the stands and she would cheer and then friends would tease her they'd make fun of my mom her hijab and Aww. I didn't know what to do so mm-hmm. I began telling her to pick me up 15 minutes after my baseball games were finished because I didn't want mm-hmm. anyone to see my mom I didn't want anyone to know that I was a Muslim I wanted to just fit in and so, as I think about um, as I think about what I want to achieve through Nora Kids, my goal is to help Muslim kids build a genuine love for Allah. And um, what is absolutely clear, Sister Fatima, is mm-hmm. the way in which we are teaching our children about religion today is like really poor. Um, mm-hmm not just in terms of what we're teaching, but especially in terms of how we're teaching. There's absolutely room for innovation. Mm-hmm. And I want newer kids to be a source through which we can catalyze the way that you know, parents, full-time Islamic schools, weekend Islamic schools, um, communities and institutions um, you know, raise their Muslim children. And look, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you firsthand that is happening we are doing that, you know, every single week, um, mm-hmm. and month. Um, you know, we actually rolled out something called a kid's khutbah. So every Saturday, this is a online live program that kids are able to watch um, mm-hmm. in which we literally do this. Like, what would be a khutbah for kids? Well, khutbah for kids would be full of stories and activities and silly dad mm-hmm. jokes. And um, alhamdulillah, Um you know, it's impacting, you know, weekend Islamic school teachers when they yeah. see it, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, we could be teaching in a much like different way. We could be using some of these more innovative pedagogical principles. And mm-hmm. so um, instead of taking
0: the child to the mosque, sitting and listening to the scholar speaking in a language well, maybe they don't understand always
1: yeah and and look, it's not to say that like a sufferla like you know the mush that plays a super important role, and of course, oh, of course. Not like you know to take that away, but
0: but taking the active role of actually teaching the child what's being said is different a
1: hundred percent one hundred percent and 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 look like you know, as you think about most weekend Islamic schools, like you're teaching through like worksheets mm-hmm. or as you're telling stories about the prophets, you're telling stories in a way that are just not relatable. Mm-hmm. And if the story is not relatable, how is a child gonna change your life because of it? They're not, mm-hmm. he's gonna become a, um, you know, our, our prophet and, 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 and the companions of the prophet and the family of the prophet. Like if we aren't able to tell these stories in ways that kids can relate to, um, a child is un- is not going to be able to use those role models to change mm. their life. Um, and so um, so absolutely there is reform that is needed um, in the way that we are teaching our kids about faith. And by the way, and, and, and most practically, like, you know, and this is something in business too, like you manage to metrics. So for example, if... I start, you know, saying, hey, look, team, I'm looking at the amount of Facebook followers that we have week to week. Well, What's going to happen is our team is going to be like, yo, dude, like, let's make sure that we're getting more Facebook followers, right? Because that's the metric that I'm managing to, right? Um, The thing is, is with respect to faith, there are uh, elements that are objective, meaning things that we can touch, feel, and see, like, for example, uh, performing salah. Mm -hmm. Or like, for example, reading the Qur'an. And by the way, these things are very important. But because we can objectify them, because we can see them, we end up prioritizing these. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we do that at the expense of other items that, as far as we're concerned, are actually more age appropriate for children. Again, ages eight and younger, like akhlaq, like character, like gratitude and patience Mm -hmm. and honesty and perseverance and self-control. I mean, look, it's very difficult to evaluate a child's level of gratitude, right? And so yeah. because of that, as a community, oftentimes, we don't prioritize these topics. We prioritize, look, this is how you pray, pray namaz. Or mm-hmm. like, hey, look, this is how you fast, fast. Or, hey, look, this is how you read the Quran, read the Quran. And by the way, I mean, that's not-
0: teaching the core of why it's important.
1: 100%. And so, um, and so, again, it's not to say that, you know, reading the Quran or performing Salah are not important. Of course, they're important, but um, we shouldn't end come it. Come a hand in hand. 100 percent
0: um let's speak a bit about you before we come to the end of our show what has been the most challenging for you thing for you personally throughout this
1: um yeah so mashallah a lot of challenges um you know sister fatima i don't know where to start no i'm kidding but um (laughs) So you know like the story of the holy prophet peace and blessings be on him there was the period in time when he was in Mecca and in Mecca um, you know you know exceedingly challenging right there were times when you know he didn't have enough food to eat Um, he had you know in 10 years of time he had less than you know a hundred people who you know converted to Islam um, you know, his followers were all going through, you know, ex- you know, a mm-hmm. ton of difficulty, and then when he immigrates to Medina, things change, and it's kind of like a night and day change. Like when he gets to Medina, people are singing as they welcome there. You know, singing Talal mm-hmm. Baderulena, and you know, they um, basically almost gift him with all of their wealth, and I think that. Um, that experience is very similar um, with respect to doing a startup. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, initially when we started, um, you know, the amount of challenges were significant. Um, challenges with respect to funding, challenges with respect to finding the right people, challenges with respect to being able to market to the extent that sometimes you're like, should I even do this? Should I just quit and go back mm-hmm. to you know what I was normally doing? Um and alhamdulillah, I would say that very recently we I feel like we are now on the journey to Medina. I don't think we're there yet, <laughs> um, but I feel like we're on the way there. Um, alhamdulillah, we we have built I think you know a lot of really great awareness for Newark kids, and um, you know I, I, we have been able to assemble a really great team of of you know phenomenal individuals from across the world. Um, we have developed I think a really smart and in and in, 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 thoughtful vision for the Mm -hmm. future um but um look it's it's a lot of work um i'm working probably harder than at any other time in 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 my life Mm -hmm. Um, i'm getting paid less than at any other point in time in my life um you know i've got a kid um and um you know of course i'm also a husband and so being able to find balance is something that's really really challenging
0: Mm -hmm. and how do you find that balance or have you not yet (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's a journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that I do in terms of scaffolds. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, every day uh, for the horror, um, actually, I go home and, um, you know, I, I, I play with my baby for some time. I read some books and actually, you know, we do salat in jamaah like with mm-hmm. my wife. And, um, you know, that's time that we're able to spend together every day. The other thing is, is that we travel quite a bit. And so every time I travel, I make sure that uh, my wife and my baby are able to come with me. And we, you know, we travel probably two or three weekends a month. And so Mm -hmm. um, that time ends up being really great quality time that, you know, our family's able to spend together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've done all this research on early childhood development. And so um, basically, you know, it would be 100% inappropriate if, you know, we're applying that to other families, but not applying it to my own.
0: Yeah. And it would be a loss. (laughs)
1: hundred percent
0: um now you before um this interview we had a little chat and you said you have no background in child children's anything how did you get that um experience now
1: yeah yeah what steps
0: did you take to build that
1: 100 percent. so the two things uh number one is and this is one of the pieces around um you know building a team Mm -hmm. my skill is in creating teams and um, you know, creating, uh, getting the necessary resources to um, help solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And in terms of sub- subject matter expertise, um, as a person who did an MBA in an undergraduate in business, I actually don't have any subject matter expertise. Like, you know, I know finance, I know marketing, I know operations, but I, you know, I don't know anything about any specific subject matter. And so for me, what was critical is that we actually get somebody on the team who is an expert in this area. Mm -hmm. And that's actually my wife, Sana. Um, So when I was doing my MBA um, at Berkeley, Sana was doing her master's in education uh, with a focus on equity and social justice. So that research that I was sharing with you about was not research that I did. That's research Mm -hmm. that Sana did. Um, And by the way, that research is ongoing. So, you know, we're in the process of completing... Um, really fascinating res- research. Um, it's called the Muslim Identity Study, where we're working with five to nine-year-old Muslim children around North America to understand how they're internalizing their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all work that Sana is leading. And so, um, uh, alhamdulillah, I've been blessed in that this is not an area where I have um, actually, you know, had to roll up my sleeves and and do the the, the thinking myself. What mm-hmm. What we've done is we've um, brought someone onto the team um, and, um, uh, and, and, and benefited from their um, expertise.
0: And your team is worldwide?
1: Yeah, that's right. So, um, so Sister Sana is based in Minnesota, like myself, and we also yeah. have um, Sister Lubna, who runs our customer service. She's also based in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, like our, um, you know, Chief Innovation Officer, Wasif, he's based in Dallas, Our head of marketing, um, Fazila, is going to be in Canada shortly. Um, Our writers are everywhere. So we've (laughs) got, you know, one writer in Phoenix. We've got Mm -hmm. one writer in Kuwait. Uh, Our researcher is in North Carolina. Um, You know, we've got another um, uh, person who's running our animated um, work, and she's based in um, Georgia now. So Mm -hmm. it's like... No, you know, alhamdulillah, our team is very virtual.
0: That's amazing. And managing that doesn't yeah. get hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's not easy. I mean, I think that, um, and so for the longest time, um, I was searching for employees in Minnesota. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, Sister Fatima, in the spirit of transparency, like, look, um, you know, when you're running a company, you have to be good at hiring, and you also have to be very good at yeah. it. Um, and what I mean by that is, because we have such limited resources it's not about Mm -hmm. people not being capable it's about people just being a good fit for the company and the organization and some people are a great fit and some people are not and a part of it has Mm -hmm. to do with uh the fact that like you know i have a very unique management style um and um finding people who can uh thrive um and that management style is one where i don't give a ton of direction and uh one where um i kind of uh and uh, not necessarily throw people into the fire, but, um, you know, one, one that is virtual, so on and so forth. And so, Preston people. yeah, so, so, so what that means is that, um, you know, uh, our goal has been to basically find, you know, the highest quality mm-hmm. talent that we possibly could find wherever those people might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, um, you know, look, it takes a very special type of a person who is interested in working on a muslim startup right like i told you that story about rob chandra before mm-hmm. um, yeah like look there's there's a lot of people who would be interested in taking a role at like a mckinsey or goldman sachs or if it was like a startup that was focused on you know children's identity development a lot of people would be in it. but the moment it becomes like a muslim thing they're like oh, i don't know how am i going to tell my dad my dad's going to make fun of me <laughs> and that's that's the reality of it yeah. right so for us, it's about finding the people who have the audacity, they have the courage, they have the foresight to say like, look, no, this is, this is actually what I want to do. I see, mm-hmm. uh, I see the value. I see how we have the opportunity to change the world through this. I see the vision. I see the success that we've already had. And so um, if those people are not in Minnesota, that's fine. Um, we just want to find wherever they are. And if they are, you know, that kind of talent. Mm-hmm. Love to bring them to the team. And by the way, for anyone who's listening, if you're still listening after thirty five minutes, um, and this is something that you might be interested in learning more about, you know, send us a note um, um, and um, and and we'd love to you know, see if there's a way that we can bring you onto the team.
0: Um, and you guys, uh, the listeners, if uh, you want to reach out to today's speaker, um, you can visit our online platform at emoji slash unleash the future slash groups, or visit the Umentor website and hit the link for online platform. Uh, and you can get in contact with uh, Amin over here. Um, so before we end our show completely, what is your final piece of advice for our listeners?
1: Um, What's the takeaway final piece of advice? I think the takeaway um I think the takeaway, Sister Fatima, is this. The takeaway is that you are gonna die. I am gonna die. Everyone is gonna die. Um, (laughs) That is the takeaway. No, so here's what I mean by that. Look, um, it's it's because my mom passed away that I began to think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have an unlimited supply of water, water means nothing. But if you're in the desert and you have one cup of water and there is no source of water to be found, every drop is priceless. You wouldn't trade it for a mound of gold. Mm -hmm. And I think about time in a very similar way. Um, If we believe time to be unlimited, similar to water, we don't appreciate it. It has no value. Mm-hmm. And but we're we,
0: only working for our dunya.
1: Yeah, um, but if we believe that time is limited, mm-hmm. that there's only so much that we have, we start to value it much more. And so the question is, if you do believe time is limited, and by the way, I think the way that you recognize that is through understanding death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you do believe time is limited, what will you do with that?
0: Thank you so much, mean, Let's leave people with this thought
1: inshallah hey sister fatima thank you so much for your time um do check out our work at newarkids.com you can try it for 99 cents not only will your children love it but you will be able to support us and our organization, so we can continue doing this kind of work
0: inshallah thank you so much
1: all right we'll see you
0: there um you were just listening to the you mentor talk show if you missed this or future shows you can always hear the replay on the you mentor website under prior talk shows and while you're there, you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you haven't already, um, please go check out our uh, pictures and interviews on the Emoji website uh, from the Emoji Games, where we had 870 participants and over 3,000 people attending. Uh, just to let everyone know that Emojo will be kicking off the Academy in multiple cities in the fall. So if you'd like an Academy near you, email us at academy at emojooutreach.org. And thank you for listening to our Facebook Live today. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from another guest.